0: Hey family, it's your sister here, Jocelyn with another episode of Faith on the Journey, and I want to welcome you to this special broadcast. If this is your first time tuning in, we are a ministry that's committed to strengthening your faith, healing your heart, and walking alongside of you in some of the most difficult moments of your life. And if you've been following along with us, we're in the middle of our forgiveness teaching series, but we're going to do this a little differently today. We're actually going to tell the story of two men who met at a point of tragedy in their lives, but God was able to show him the power of his love, his grace, and his mercy through one man's decision to forgive. So we're going to jump right into the interview segment of today, and I'm going to welcome to the show our first guest, Matthew Swatzel. Before we get into the actual part of your testimony, that's the focus of today. I wanna ask you just to share a little bit about your life before that life-changing event.
1: Sure. Yeah, so I would say, you know, I had a, a pretty normal uh, upbringing. Um, you know, was an athlete um, at a young age and, and played sports and uh, all the way up to high school and um, had a great family, um, a Christian family. We went to church. Um, so just, you know, Nothing out of the ordinary of just a a regular, regular kid growing up. Um, And uh, at a younger age, I had the desire to serve my community um, and actually wanted to be a police officer um, and went to college for a year and um, just different things and changes. And uh, some friends of mine said, hey, we're gonna join the fire department. Why don't you come do it with us? And I said, I never thought about that, but sounds interesting. Um, and I was still young, so um, actually what persuaded me to do it is I couldn't start my law enforcement career until I was 21. Uh, and at the time, I was 19, and I was ready to just move on with, uh, with college and to get my career started. And so ended up putting in an application, and two months later, um, I was at my first day of recruit school. Um, and that's kind of how my, my journey started. Um, but, but other than that, just a normal – normal everyday kid, um, growing up.
0: Nice. Nice. And so you, you enjoying life and you are working really hard as a firefighter, which is an important job. So I thank you for your service in that respect. Uh, tell us, uh, before actually, uh, the incident took place, did you, did you have a relationship with God?
1: I did. I did.
0: Okay.
1: I was saved in seventh grade. Um, And just always, you know, was in a church upbringing um, from a very young age, but uh, was officially saved in seventh grade. And so, yes, I did. I had a a strong relationship with him um, before the incident.
0: Okay. All right. So let's talk about the incident. Tell us about what happened that autumn day in
1: 2006. Sure. So I. It's funny, the weekend that it happened, the weekend before I had just moved out of my parents' house and into a house with three of my best friends that were also firemen. Uh, So, you know, my life was going just how I wanted it to, Um, just starting my new career. I was six months in to the fire department, had just moved out on my own, Um, just experiencing all these great things, you know, all this momentum that was going my way. my career, my own house, uh, my best friends, and just starting this whole new journey. So, I mean, life was life was great, and uh, it was a a Sunday. I worked my twenty four hour shift on a Sunday, um, and I was at a different station. I had traveled to a different station within the county, and I was actually on the ambulance that shift. And we just had an extremely busy shift. Uh, I think we probably ran seventeen or eighteen calls that shift, and uh, several, you know, after midnight through the course of, you know, midnight to seven in the morning. Uh, so got legs to no sleep, but it wasn't out of the norm. You know, that was that was kind of what was normal in our county for specific stations. And that was a busy station. And that's kind of what you did. You know, you were just, you were up all night and you worked a 24 hour shift and um, it was nothing out of the ordinary. So at shift change, I got up, uh, packed all my stuff up and, you know, talked to all my coworkers and said, you know, we'll see you in three days. and. Um, my mom called me on my way home and asked how my shift was. And, uh, you know, I was talking to her half the time and some friends of mine called and said, you know, Hey, what do you want to do today? And we were just kind of planning out the day. And so it wasn't anything that, you know, I was extremely tired. It wasn't anything that, you know, I had any kind of alert or, or heads up about that, you know, something may may happen on the way home. And, um, I turned off the road that I live off of and my house was at, 3 to 4 miles away off the road and about 2 miles down uh that road uh, I ended up nodding off for just a few seconds. I mean, I think they concluded that was literally 3 to 4 seconds. Um and it was just enough time to to do it around a corner and um you know, I drifted over into the other lane and it was you know, perfect timing for for me to meet the the oncoming car.
0: Mm, Okay. So when you met that oncoming car, tell us what actually happened.
1: So, um, when I was driving, like I said, I didn't, I didn't feel tired. I didn't feel like I needed to pull over. Uh, so I was just driving. Um, and the next thing I know, I, you know, I just hear this, this awful noise of, of metal and glass breaking and the screaming and it turns out it was me. That was actually the one screaming. Um, and as I came to and kind of realized what was going on and it registered that I'm in a a car accident, um, my truck was kind of spinning around. And once I came to a stop, you know, and kind of got my bearings, um, I thought maybe, you know, I ran off the road and hit a mailbox. I thought I hit ran off the road and hit a tree maybe. Um, and so when I came to a stop and kind of realized what, what had happened and that I was in an accident or maybe I rear ended somebody, you know, I just thought, you know, nothing tragic would happen um and i got out of my truck and i started looking around and i saw the vehicle off to the side of the road uh and that's when i immediately ran over there to assess what was going on and and uh you know and that's when i realized that it was um, going to be a little bit worse than than what i'd hoped
0: mm. Wow. Okay. Um, so, um, at that point, uh, did you, did you make a phone call call 911? What, what were your next steps at that, at that point?
1: So I, uh, I immediately ran over and assessed June. Um, and, and uh, I heard Faith um, crying in the back seat. And so I, uh, immediately, you know, started talking to her and just making sure that she was okay and assessing her. Um, Ironically, um, a chief from my department was on his way to our headquarters and had pulled in basically right behind me. And he thought that I was a a passerby. He didn't know that I was involved until, um, you know, I informed him that I was driving the truck. Um, and so he kind of immediately pulled me away, um, and kind of sheltered me over, um, Away from the scene, and uh, by that time, uh, a bunch of people had started showing up and um, and calling nine one one. So I never actually made the call, um, and they just kind of kept me off to the side until the fire department started showing up.
0: Okay. Um, Now I don't know if you saw this at the time, but who was actually in the vehicle?
1: My vehicle.
0: Um, in the vehicle that was hit, that you hit, who was actually? I'm sorry.
1: Um, so June. Fitzgerald was uh, was driving and then Faith was a year and a half old at the time. She was in the backseat.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, at the time, June uh, was was married to to Eric Fitzgerald. And I actually would like to bring him on the line so he can can share just how he actually heard the news of what happened.
2: So uh, basically that morning I was kind of getting ready to go to seminary. I took classes on Monday uh, at Extension Center in Atlanta and I was preparing to get ready for the day. And uh, I charged my phone in the kitchen. I just left it plugged in the kitchen. uh, So I didn't hear. uh, Apparently there were phone calls, people trying to reach me. I didn't hear any of that. And uh, I kind of got startled with a pounding on my door. So I kind of went to my front door and it was my, my pastor at my church uh, where I was serving as a student pastor at the time. Uh, His name is Jeff. And he said, man, uh, listen, you need to get your keys, get your wallet, Um, you know, grab your phone. We, you know, June's been in an accident. You know, we need to get to the hospital right now. And so I'm just kind of in panic mode, grabbing what I need to get uh, and, and out the door.
0: Mm, my god okay so out the door did you go straight to the hospital what what happened next we
2: did well in, in route um you know I'm, I'm asking questions like hey what happened what's going on and, and he didn't have a lot of information the sheriff or actually the one who ended up contacting him because they they knew that i was at that church and they couldn't reach me on my home number or my cell number and um and so he would begin to say look i don't have any details i don't know the specifics i do know that they took Uh, June to Gwinnett Medical, which was a a close local hospital there. And then they took Faith to Atlanta, the Children's Hospital in Atlanta. And so they actually went two different directions uh, with uh, with both of them. And so at that point, um, didn't know much about either of them. And we were making our way to Gwinnett Medical to first kind of assess and check and see what was going on with with June.
0: Okay. All right. So um, what did the doctors end up saying? What what did. Eventually unfolded when it came to their situation. Well,
2: we got to the ER, and, and um, you know, you walk in the ER, and they got the little you know desk right there, and I said, "Hey, I'm here to see my wife. Um, this is my name, yada yada yada." And as soon as I said my name, she kind of looked over, and um, one of the grief counselors that they have in the hospital kind of walked over. He said, "Hey, why don't we walk you over to one of these side rooms?" And at that point, I'm a pastor; I already know what's going on, and so I'm like, "Okay, this is not going to be." good news and so when I walk in the door um, my wife's parents are sitting on the couch and uh, the doctor basically had just sat down and began to explain hey here's what here's what's happened here's what's um, here's what's taking place and um, just basically due to uh, some severe head trauma um, the, the steering column and, and everything was basically just um, kind of crushed in toward her abdominal area um, she, she 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 didn't make it, and um and, and the the child uh, seven month old she was pregnant seven months with uh, with our son, and uh, he didn't make it either. So, um, you know just just you know here here in the news it was kind of it's kind of surreal. You don't you're trying to process um you know that kind of information, um you know and and my next question was is I need to check on my daughter. You know like I need to figure out what's going on with Faith and um. I had to make a phone call um, to my mom. Just a tough, tough phone call. Probably the, the hardest call I've ever had to make. And I just tell her what had happened.
0: Mm, my God. Oh my gosh. Oh yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that, Pastor Eric. And so, so Matthew. Um, Obviously, while this is unfolding, I don't I don't know what was happening with you at that time. Do you, you recall uh, the time in between while you were waiting to hear the news and what was going on through your mind?
1: I do. Um, I didn't know the severity of the accident. Um, my parents ended up showing up and uh, um, I ended up going to the, they took me to the hospital just to get checked out. Um, and so I was up at the hospital um, and a lot of friends and family started showing up and, um, I was in, I was in the room and a police officer had came in and he was asking me questions, um, about what happened. And, uh, and honestly, I didn't have an answer. Um, and he was like, Hey, you know, we, you think you may have fell asleep. And I was like, I mean, I don't have another explanation for it. Um, and it didn't really cross my mind, but, I mean, nothing else made sense, and uh, so he was asking me questions, and then he said, "Hey, you know, June didn't make it, and by the way, she was seven months pregnant." And you just talk about a tidal wave, uh, you know. Here I am, serving my community and and uh, and helping people, and I just caused the ultimate tragedy. Um, so just just like soaking that in that information at nineteen years old um you know it was just life-changing i mean just just earth-shattering uh to hear and um you know obviously when you hear something like that it's so shocking that it, it doesn't truly sink in at first because uh, how do you process that right off the bat um so i just remember uh i just went home and i went back to my parents house and i stayed there for a few days and i just i just i just laid in bed and just. Uh, you know, just cried basically for days and just was just didn't understand, you know, and just trying to to grasp and and comprehend the whole thing. And, um, you know, there was, there was great relief knowing that faith was okay, but then ultimately that, you know, the impact of what just happened with, you know, with Eric and, and just the whole family, uh, it's a domino effect of emotions. Um, so it was tough. I mean, that, that was the the toughest thing I've ever been through in my life. And I hope I never go through something like that again.
0: Mm, I could only imagine that. Um, thank you for sharing that. I know people um, have also experienced some type of a tragedy where they, they struggled with the same feelings of shame. I'm assuming condemnation and a whole bunch of different things. And so I know that was a very difficult time in your life. Um and on the other side of that, Eric, you were going through your range of emotions. And so if you could share with us, what were, what were things like for you uh, during that, that, those first couple weeks after the accident or months?
2: Well, the night of the, of the accident, um, my parents made it up to um, Tequila to and we were just sitting at home. Uh, Faith was in my lap and uh, just kind of, she was watching Disney Channel or something, you know, just to, before bedtime. And usually the nighttime routine was my, my wife's role. She nursed uh, Faith for the first year and then it just kind of became their thing, the, the, the nighttime routine. And so um, I was a little uh, anxious about how the whole nighttime thing was gonna go. And I remember we were on the couch, I was sitting on one end and, and uh, Faith was just kind of kicked back sitting on the other end watching some TV. and. Um, she just kind of got up and walked over and just popped down in my lap, and um, you know just kind of faded and just you know just went to sleep. And so I went and I put her down, and um, you know my parents went to bed, and uh, I did my quiet time at night. That's kind of when I usually can um, reflect and process. And uh, I'm, I'm just I'm a night owl. I kind of stay up, and so my mind is kind of already going. So I remember sitting down that night before I went to bed, and. Sitting next to my bed, I was in my chair and, and I had my Bible and and I just said, you know, hey, God, what do you have for me today? You know, and, and I wasn't being disrespectful at all. I wasn't. Um, it was just like, like I know all the verses that you share with people who have lost something or going through a tough time. And 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 it was just like, OK, but what do you have for me right now? You know, and, and I remember it's in that moment um, that uh, a sermon I heard probably two or three years ago. I just came back into my mind it was a message by louis giglio and um it was a storage of joseph and and all the things that happened in joseph's life and how he must have felt during some of those times and the confusion and and all that and the the point of the message was this that god is working behind the scenes a lot of times you don't even see what he's doing he's always doing things um and he said so here here are three things that you can trust and know that god is doing um in your circumstance right now he said number one God is for himself and his glory and I'm just sitting there and I'm remembering each one of these points now how often does that happen <laughs> you know people forget more sermons I think than 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 uh, anything else but I this was so clear and um so I'm thinking okay God is for himself and his glory can that make sense he's the only one who's worthy I get that the second point was God is for his people he loves his people and I kind of pushed back a little bit because I was like man I don't really feel love right now like I don't really feel um that I've been loved and i and and, but as i kind of processed that you know i thought about you know june and and she's in heaven she's in she's in the presence of god there's no tears no pain you know um no disappointment and so uh she's in the only the only other place than by my side where she would be happy and 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 she's she's fulfilled and so i was like okay god you did take care of her (laughs) you know like you you got her covered and so now it was really more me going okay i'm hurting i'm I'm struggling, um, you know, and it was more of a reflection. So I, that's where it was a trust issue. OK, am I going to trust that God is going to take care of me? And the third point that I remember to the sermon is that God is for his redemptive purpose. In other words, that no matter what situation you're going on, uh, that's going on in your life, um, God can take that situation and from it um, promote the gospel, promote Jesus, promote the fact that he can redeem, he can restore, he can renew. Um, and so I begin to look at my uh my life and, and what had just taken place and there were so many questions there were so many things i didn't understand so many things that i couldn't explain uh to to have three things that i could sink my teeth into that i could know beyond a shadow a doubt. okay god is doing these three things um and so it kind of gave me purpose and so as i woke up the next morning it's like okay i want my life to do three things i want it to promote and give glory to god i want it to communicate to people that uh, god loves them and and i want Jesus to be proclaimed. I want people to understand that Jesus saves, and and so it kind of gave me a, a focus. And then, uh, of course, having faith survive gave me purpose as well, because I'm leading and having to be a father uh, to to her, which I never would have wanted to be a single father of a of a daughter, and I never would have planned for that. And yet, you know, here I am, and and so um, you know, it, it really gave me um, clarity. Now, as with respect to uh, to Matthew, I, I didn't hear a lot of details about um the the other person involved in the accident that you know they protect kind of that information uh, in the process uh, which is, they should um but there were some friends of mine that were friends with his because you know again we lived in the same community and and so those mutual friends begin to share and talk and i begin to hear things like hey man uh, matt's praying for you he is so heartbroken and things like that and uh, even the pastors um at the church where matthew and i was friends with a lot of the pastors over there they came and uh, would visit with me and um so there was there was already a um a, there was an understanding and awareness that i'm not the only one who's suffering here i'm not the only one in, who's who's in pain right now uh, in this moment and and anytime something like this happens try to put yourself in their shoes like and what, what if that were me? How many times have you driven, honestly, and you could kind of feel yourself kind of just a little groggy, but yet you kind of pushed on? I mean, it could have been me. And so, um, you know, I knew from uh, the get go what God's desire for me was. I mean, it, it, word, the word is clear. Forgiven people forgive people. So if you've been forgiven, then you should also freely forgive. And so that was really never a, an issue for me. Um, it was just more of how is this going to take place um, because of the the you know the legal aspects of it and everything that was going on. You know, uh, attorneys are telling us you can't talk to each other. You can't meet. You can't have any interaction. And so um, basically there was a two year, almost 18 month, I should say, process where we weren't allowed to speak. We weren't allowed to have any interaction. Uh, and so it, it kind of just pushed pause on the whole thing, um, but allowed allowed me, uh, maybe even him, um, to to process some of these things on our own, uh, maybe to prepare for uh, the opportunity that we would have to maybe one day meet.
0: Wow. Wow. So God was really working on you during That's that it. time. And yes. And Matt, I, w- I want to ask you, so a, a significant amount of time sounds like it had passed, mm-hmm. but then there was one day where you actually Saw him unexpectedly, right? If, yes, if, ma'am. If you can tell me about what happened when you when you saw Eric, and and what was your response, what was going on through your mind, and just tell us about that encounter.
1: Yeah, so um it was right before the, the two year anniversary of the accident, and and Eric and I still had not directly communicated. um And so I think I worked like a half a shift that day, and um, and it was just on my heart so so hard. Um, you know, and just knew what tomorrow the next day was bringing with the, with the anniversary. And I was like, you know what, the court stuff is it's over with and, and we still haven't directly talked, but I don't care at this point. Like I feel like it's on my heart and God's laid it on me to. I just, I have to express my sorrow to this man. Like, so I was just going to get him a card uh, and I was just going to write a handwritten uh, you know, note in the card and just tell him how, you know, how sorry I was and um, just express, you know, my, my emotions to him and um so i had pulled into publics in our local town and um right as i pulled in a a man from eric's church who is kind of was one of our middlemen that kind of communicated back and forth between us through the whole process he called me and he was like hey what are you doing i said i'm actually about to get eric a card and i'm going to run it by his house so i'm glad you called because what's his address um and he was like yeah i was just going to check up on you because i know what tomorrow is and it's going to be you know tough and as i'm sitting here talking to him i see eric walking in and so um so i you know i'm like oh my gosh i just eric just walked in and he was like i got to call you back and so he hung up and i kind of knew what he was going to do and so i immediately called my mom and i'm like hey you know here's the deal like i'm a wreck right now and um and a few minutes later, uh, Eric comes walking out to my truck and, and I was like, all right, here we go. Um, and so he just walked up and I got out of my truck and, uh, and we, we just hugged. Um, I don't even think we said anything really. Uh, we just hugged for, for several minutes and, and, you know, obviously I, I just started to, to lose it and, and to cry. And, you know, I think that the only thing I could say was, man, I, I am so sorry. And, um, and we just embraced each other, uh, for, for what seemed like an hour. Um, but then we just started talking, um, and just, you know, kind of sharing what was on each other's hearts and, and, uh, you know, what we were doing, you know, through the process and, uh, and it was really, it was really a, a powerful moment. Um, one I'll never forget. Uh, just the, the instant bond that we developed, um, was truly amazing. So.
0: Wow. Wow. That's so powerful. And I'm sure it was a whole lot to take in and you might not remember all of the details. But uh, do you remember anything in particular that Eric said to you?
1: I do. He said to me, he said, Matt, I want you to know that I I forgave you from the moment it happened. And um, just hearing him like say those words because of the weight that I had carried around and didn't know what this day was going to bring uh you know one day that i would had to face him um and to look a man in the eye that knowing that you know i i took his wife and his unborn child away uh for him to say those words was the most impactful thing i've ever heard in my life um i felt like a a house was lifted off my shoulders um that i had carried around over the last few years and uh I'll, I'll just never forget, you know, the feeling of of hearing him say that. So,
0: My God, that's so powerful. And, and Eric, tell me about how that experience was for you. You know, when you first saw Matt, what went through your mind and tell us about that encounter from your perspective. Well,
2: again, I was in in Publix and I got the phone call from the mutual friend who just got off the phone with him and said, hey, he's. He's sitting right outside. And I had just gotten through a Wednesday night. I had just gotten through uh, doing student ministry that night. And um, Faith was actually at um, her aunt's house kind of doing the nighttime routine on Wednesday nights because it was a late night for me. So I said, I'm going to run by Publix real quick, grab a few things and then get her on the way home. So I was kind of in that mode. And he said, hey, he's, he's, he's outside in the parking lot. Like He was there to get you a card. He's out there. And I'm like, You know what? We've been talking about this. We've been waiting for this day. I said, let's just let's do it. And so I remember and I asked him, I said, well, tell me what he drives. And he said he's got a truck, whatever. So I went out there and um, I mean, I went around the side of his truck and he was just he was just bawling. Um, Just and again, we didn't say anything. You know, we just just kind of embraced and um, just kind of let that moment um, just experience it. Just just. It seemed like two years in the making, you know, of of just having that chance to. And so I remember after we kind of got done with the embrace thing, I said, "Listen, I know there's some things you want to say, some things I want to say. You know, why don't you start?" And and he just began to express, you know, how he felt and the the sorrow and just all the different things. And and uh, and that's when I just said, "Look, man, I I want you to know this. You know, this is not who you are. Don't let this define you." You know, God's got a bigger plan for you than just this thing. So, I think, it, like he, like he said, you could almost see him just kind of exhale, like a sigh of relief. Um, and and so we started talking, and and I'm gonna be honest with you, we it was probably two and a half hours. We stayed, we stood in that public parking lot and talked. Uh, and i had to call call my sister-in-law like look you know i'm I'm talking i'll I'll be there i promise you know and um but anyway we talked for two and a half hours and toward the end of the conversation um I, i said look i know this may sound weird I said I don't know it's probably not something you would expect I said but I just feel like I'm supposed to stay connected to you somehow I feel like I'm supposed to kind of walk with you through these uh, these next few steps and um, I said I don't know if you'd be open to that or what and, and his eyes just got big he said dude that's exactly how I feel like I was thinking the same thing like it'd be cool if we could stay connected and, da, da, da. and so we just decided to start meeting on a regular basis um, no agenda you know but just Let's continue to to allow God to do a good work uh, through this. Um, and it it was the start of, like he said, this incredible bond that, that we now share um, that started that that day and then it's even till now. I mean we're 14, almost 14 years later. It's it's still a powerful, powerful bond.
0: My God. Oh. And so if if you can catch us up to speed in terms of the story as to what was taking place from a legal standpoint, were you all still dealing with court at the time?
1: We were. um, And that was an emotional roller coaster as well. Um, You know, I I didn't know if I was going to lose my job. Um, That was a big possibility um, due to the outcome of of what the charges were. Um, I also was looking at, you know, incarceration, um, which I did. There was a lot of back and forth of uh, what well, you're going to have to, you know, turn yourself in or no, you're not. And and then I got the phone call one day and as a 20 year old kid to get the phone call to say, hey, there's there's a warrant out for you now. And it's it's part of the process. It wasn't, you know, wasn't out of the norm uh, for that kind of thing to happen. But just to get that call and and, you know, I'm I'm at I'm at work. I mean, I have a fire department uniform on and I'm like, I, I have to go home and take this off and go down to the county jail. Like what a, just a whirlwind of emotions. Um, and so I, and I had to do that. And then, you know, just what is the outcome? Um, what are the charges going to be? Um, is there going to be jail time? Is there going to be, you know, am I going to lose my job? Um, so, I mean, just so much uncertainty um, going on. And then also on top of just dealing with the incident itself um, and the results of that. So, that was a really, really tough time uh, for me in my life. And just, um, but Eric, you know, he, he felt it on his heart to, to opt for, for the lesser charges for me. And, um, and they were able to work out a deal to where I was able to keep my job and, and not have to do jail time or, or anything like that. And um, it was truly a blessing for me because I do think if it would have gone another way I don't know how I would have been able to to handle it, you know, um, because I'm a good person. I I have good morals. I have good intentions. And and just to know that, you know, I was staring down a path that I knew I wasn't supposed to go down uh, for no intentional reason, um, no self-inflicted, no nothing that, I mean, it was, it was just terrifying. So I owe a lot to uh, uh, to where I am today from, from him and his decision on that.
0: So let me clarify. So what you're saying is, Eric, Eric, you actually tried to petition the court for a lesser charge. Is that correct?
2: Well, yeah, basically early on in the process, I said, you know, I'm not I'm not angry. I'm, I'm not out for vengeance. You know, I just let let the justice system do what it does, and so as they went through all the, the aspects of the the legal part, my attorney would continue to just keep me informed of what's going on. And it came to the part of sentencing uh, and what were the charges going to be. And the solicitor general called her, uh, my attorney, and said, "Hey, um, we want to hear from the victim. You know, and what what are his desires here? What?" And so she told me, and she said, "Hey, if if it's a." For felony, you know, he loses his job, he could spend time in jail. I mean, it was just boom, boom, boom. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's already been through so much. And we hadn't met yet at this point, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, too much loss has already taken place because of this accident. There's no reason to have more. And going to jail and, and, and having to deal with all of that, uh, it, it, that would be a huge stumbling block for anybody to overcome. And so in that moment, I said, you know what, uh, you know, remembering, of course, uh, again, <laughs> I'm telling you uh, a message that uh, or a word, I should say, from a, a popular um, pastor, friend of mine that I just followed. Um, he, it was Louie again. He, he, I remember a message. He said this and it was the same story of, of Joseph. He said there's those times in your life where we can either be um, we can demand vengeance. Okay, and seek revenge, or we can be uh, dispensers of grace. Like we have the choice, and you might even be justified in seeking the penalty or seeking that punitive action or whatever the case may be. But when you choose to operate, uh, and I'm thinking of Jesus, you know, hanging on the cross, looking down from the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they did. I mean, all the stuff he felt, all the pain and the torture, and yet somehow in his in, in that moment he 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 demonstrated grace and you want to talk about powerful and so i thought you know what um again what are the three things um i want god to get glory i want people to know they're loved by god and i want jesus to be proclaimed so i'm thinking okay god's going to get glory uh if grace is shown here matthew's going to understand and know that god loves him right and then thirdly jesus is going to be lifted up and so i said i don't i want i want the lesser charges i don't want all this you know heavy stuff, I don't want the felonies, I don't want any of that stuff, um, and so they, and so my attorney went back, and I remember, um, she told me, she explained to me, they're in a conference room, and you get the judge, Solicitor General, um, Matthew's attorney, um, present multiple, pre- and then mine, and they're all talking about this, and so the judge looks to my attorney and says, hey, what is, you know, what is there, you want to do, and she said, this is what he wants, and the judge said, I don't understand that, you're gonna have to explain that to me, and so she began to talk about you know who I am and, and what, I, what I believe and and what I see in this whole situation and how God's going to work in it. And she said there wasn't a dry eye in the room, like even the judge, like everybody just blown away. And so to me, that again, that's a God moment. That's 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 giving glory to God. All I did was what the Bible said you're supposed to do. Like, I'm not great. I'm not. You know, it's just be obedient. And then God does his part. And so, um, you know, that purpose of, you know, wanting to give God glory, wanting people to know their love by him and then letting uh, Jesus be lifted high. It's just over and over throughout this two years, throughout the last 14 years has just been a driving force. And God has been faithful through it all. You know, and I've said this uh, probably a couple of times, and it's just because it's so true. You know, I, I, I never would have wanted to go through this um, and I never want to go through it again. I mean, it's, it's just been a, a, a rough, rough go. But through it all, God's been faithful. And, and, and when our little bit of faith intersects with God's faithfulness, he shows up big and he does big things in us and through us. And and this is just one of many examples that I can tell you that um, God's just done some pretty cool things in our lives. And all we've done is just simply done our little bit of faith and just walked in that little bit of faith that we had in those moments. And then God showed up and did the rest. Amen.
0: That is so powerful. And I I want to go back to you, Matt, and just ask you, what did Eric's decision to forgive do to your faith for your faith?
1: Well, I mean it, it exploded it. Um because just to to have that kind of you know redemption and, and just to to know that that God is so powerful to you know have him forgive me and and to just do this for my life when i when i created such tragedy for his and he's blessing mine with his decisions um i mean it was un, unexplainable um so and i can remember too i mean when i when when i went to court um and and all of it was settled the same thing the courtroom the judge i think eric's lawyer right after it was it was done just came up and just She was bawling and gave me a huge hug and and told me she loved me. And uh, the judge was crying. And I mean, it was just like very powerful and emotional. Um, And so, I mean, it just it's so unexplainable, even on a human level of of what kind of impact um, that that was made uh, in my life and uh, in other people's as well.
0: Mm, Man, just hearing about it gives me goosebumps. And so I, I love to hear if we fast forward, what has God done in your life since then? And I'll actually I'll start with Eric. What what has transpired over the last 14 years?
2: Um, well, faith's grown up, uh, I was a single father for about six years and I moved back to uh, my hometown of Thomasville. And I uh, had a chance to be a family pastor at a church there and um, got open that door and uh, met somebody. And a young lady and, and her name's Kelly and uh, we dated and got married. And um, so God began to provide, you know, in that way. And, and uh, a couple of years later we got pregnant uh, and had another little girl named Mackenzie. And, uh, and so she's now three uh, faith is now 15. Um, and so I've got a lot of estrogen in my house right now. Uh, I am outnumbered uh, for sure, but man, what a blessing. And so God's just, again, throughout this whole process and I I really do need to write all this stuff down, but um, there's so many ways that God has just demonstrated His faithfulness uh, over and over again. And I remember, I, again, I look back at that story of Joseph, and he's 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 been sold into slavery, and and you know, basically rejected by his brothers, betrayed by his brothers, um, you know, slave in Potiphar's house, then falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, thrown in prison, and just kind of wasting away. And yet, if you read in that chapter in Genesis, it says, "But the Lord was with Joseph." But the Lord says three times, but the Lord was with Joseph. And so I kind of I felt like I've experienced that in my own life. Like if if you look at it and and some people kind of on the outside would say, oh, man, you've had a rough go. I mean, are you sure you believe? But God has been here the whole time. And just because God might be silent, it doesn't mean that God is absent. And I think I think God just works behind the scenes so often and even in little things. I mean, we were surrounded by friends and family in Decula for the uh, six years that we were there following um, the accident. Um, June's parents and her sister and um, th- th- they were such a huge help. Um, Faith never spent a day in childcare. Um, she had her, her grandmother there. She had her aunt right there and they just poured into her and loved on her. I mean, just a huge blessing. And so my family, friends, I mean, I just can't tell you uh, the church that I was serving at. I mean, just huge blessings uh, during this whole time. So here we are, you know, almost 14 years in in a couple months. It'll be 14 or one month. Actually, uh, it'll be 14 years since since the accident. And I can just I know I know forgiveness is a big part of our story, but the real story is God's faithfulness. It really is. That's the real story. And so, yes, forgiveness has been huge. And and I'll even say this and I don't want to steal anything from Matthew. But, you know, and you've hit on, you know, how has it helped Matthew? How has it benefited Matthew, this forgiveness thing? But I'm going to tell you, I think I've been blessed by it just as much as he has. I think I've received from it because here I'm able to watch good, good things come from a terrible situation. Uh, a life-altering moment a tragic moment and yet from those ashes god's brought about beautiful things he's done good things through it and so it's a faith builder for me Uh, our relationship me and matthew's relationship uh, continues to provide uh, a positive um, perspective and a positive basically evidence of god still working and doing seeing what god's done in matthew's life uh, even apart from me has been a blessing for me and so Throughout this whole thing, it's really just a story of God's faithfulness.
0: Amen. And I'm so glad you brought that up because forgiveness is not just about the other person. It's about us. And God knows what's best for us. And so there's a reason why he asks us to forgive. And so I, I want to to speak to those individuals out there right now who just look at you in awe, Pastor Eric, and like, oh, there's just something different about you. You, you know, you must have some type of superpower to be able to do this. But it's really it, you, you're saying, no, it's yeah. not that deep.
2: I mean, Jesus, I mean, he taught very clearly clearly um, that we're to forgive um, you know and so uh, bear with one another forgive one another love one another encourage one another. look at all the one another's in the New Testament um, he's spoken to us on how we should do life with each other and, and a big part of that is is forgiving one another and yes there's relational benefits between you and the other person but I think it's also uh, a spiritual benefit between you and God because think about it we didn't deserve what we received from Jesus okay so we received this grace and this forgiveness from him and so having felt that and experienced that in my own life, to then turn around and not be willing to, to, to give it, man, what a hypocrite I would be. You know, and so um I, I want to be a vessel where I can take the love and the forgiveness that God's given me and just pour that right back on somebody else. Let them experience that same love, that same unconditional love, that same forgiveness, that same grace. So yes, it's a it is a benefit for relationally. But the spiritual benefits of just one being obedient because God's told us what to do. You just got to be obedient. It's not always easy. OK, but it's simple. It's not hard to understand. It's just you got to you walk it out. And let me just say this. Forgiveness isn't just an instantaneous thing. Like It's not just like, OK, I forgive you. And then today you're going to be fine. I mean, every day you wake up and you I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to forgive. It's, it's continuous, uh, but it's also complete. So every every day, completely and continually, I'm forgiving uh, people in my life. And, and, and when God, when God allows you to experience his forgiveness and you understand what is accomplished in your life, to be a part of that same equation with uh, someone else, it's just a blessing. It's a, it's a privilege uh, to be able to be that in someone else's life as well.
0: Mm, praise God amen to that and and Matt if you could just briefly share what transpired over the course of the 14 years for you since that that accident
1: sure yeah I um, I ended up doing eight years on the fire department um, after the accident and then decided that was enough for me um, just through my personal situation and then you know what all you have to endure uh, in that profession um, this month actually is my wife and I's 10 month anniversary our 10 year anniversary not one 10 year. Um, So I got married and uh, when we had our first son, that's kind of when the switch happened was I was like, I do, I want to do this for the rest of my career. And, and I decided it it wasn't best. Um, So I started my own company uh, over six years ago. Um, And since then, now we have uh, three beautiful children. We have two boys and a girl, uh, eight, six, and almost five. Um, And I have been extremely blessed uh, with, with my family and my children Um, and in my business as well, um, our business has been completely blessed and, um, we have over 50, 50 to 60 employees that work for us throughout the country. And, um, and sometimes I don't understand the blessings that I'm getting. Um, and that's kind of been challenging for me too. And then to piggyback on what Eric said, I mean, faith and, um, well, basically faith you know, it's a continuous everyday cycle. I mean, you can't say, well, I have faith or I have redemption or, or I forgive. And that means it just magically goes away. It's something that you have to work on every day and that I have to as well. I mean, I have to, I almost have to forgive myself every day. Um, And that's a struggle that I've had too. Of all the blessings that I've had, it's almost uh, an emotional roller coaster because I've experienced the worst. And then I've experienced the other side and trying to blend them together to have, you know, one solid emotion it has been very challenging, um, you know, and, and I don't want people to think, and, and Eric and I both agree, we don't want to paint this picture that, you know, we had this tragic incident and then now we're, you know, everything is great and it's rainbows and butterflies. I mean, we, we've we been very blessed with our life and, and have continued to do so. But, you know, it, there's there's a lot of raw raw emotion, uh, raw feelings that are involved here. And, and I know for me personally, you know, I, I continue, I have and continue to, you know, to struggle with some PTSD type stuff or some anxiety and depression, just, just through, through all of this. And, um, you know, but it's something that I work on every day. I mean, every day is different. Every hour is different every month and every year. Um, but what drives us through is having that faith, um, and knowing that God's with us in that, you know, and there's nothing too big for him to handle. And, um, and that's what gets us through. So, um, you know, it, it it's good. I mean, it's it's very good and, it, and it's been a blessing.
0: Mm, my God. Well, I I believe that you summed it up. I mean, the two of you with your story, it's, it's so much more than like you said, Pastor Eric, than just forgiveness. It's it's grace. It's mercy. It's it's, it's the daily process of working through these these emotions that we feel and reminding ourselves that uh, even though we might fall short, even though we make mistakes, like you said, Eric, those moments in our lives won't define us. Only God does. And so I I thank you so much for your stories. And I look forward to seeing what God continues to do through this testimony, because even though this happened 14 years ago, the story is still that powerful today and I, I know you've helped to free somebody who might have been struggling with shame and condemnation or even being held captive with the, the shackles of unforgiveness to to find freedom today. So I do want to offer you all the opportunity to have one final word before we close. Uh, Pastor Eric, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners or guests today?
2: A couple things. Uh, one, again the the power of forgiveness. Um, It not only opens the relational door between you and God as you walk in that faith and he has access now to do something big through you and in you as you just take each day a little step of faith. But I think you receive from it too, uh, the relational aspects, redemption, the restoration. And it gives you an opportunity to see how God can do a Romans 8, 28 kind of a thing where he takes all things and works them out for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. You can actually see that fleshed out. If you choose not to forgive, you're, you're keeping all that from happening. You're you're restricting that. And then secondly, if you have been. Uh, whether again accidentally like with matthew or you maybe sometimes intentionally uh but you've done something that has caused harm or caused um pain to someone else and you kind of in that you know aspect of feeling the guilt feeling the shame feeling the condemnation um know that god does forgive and that his forgive is uh his forgiveness is eternal uh, obviously getting forgiveness from the person certainly is a huge um i think a huge thing uh, but God, God loves you. He wants what's best for you, and that's the whole reason that Jesus went to the cross was to forgive us of the things that we can't do for ourselves. We're just not good enough. We can't do it. And so, give God a chance to bring peace, to bring freedom in your life, uh, and to bring that abundant life that He promises us uh, by again just walking in faith, walking in obedience. Uh, God, God can do a miraculous work in your life if you'll just give Him a chance.
0: Amen to that. That is a final word. I think we could just end there with with those remarks. And I, again, want to thank you both uh, so much for sharing your story. I could feel as you were sharing, the emotions were still there and you could still feel it. And so I appreciate your willingness to be a sacrifice and to proclaim the good words, the good works that God has done in your lives. And if anybody is listening right now or watching uh, this broadcast and you're struggling with, with forgiveness, I want you to understand that there's some resources available for you. You don't have to walk this out alone. I encourage you to visit our ministry website and there you'll find uh, a course that is actually 20% off on forgiveness that you can take advantage of. And in addition to that, uh, my book, Breaking the Power of the Mask, is available for sale right now. And we dive into Not only forgiveness, but also working through shame and condemnation, which is something that you can also struggle with in a a situation like this. And so, please check that out, along with all these other free resources and tools that are available for you. And I encourage you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Uh, You can follow us on YouTube. You can uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of different resources as we try to proclaim the good works of God and again to help you to heal the heart wounds in your life and. so we thank you so very much for tuning in to this broadcast. We hope you are blessed by it. And we look forward, as always, to seeing you again next week. So until then, you stay encouraged and keep your faith on the journey. Be blessed, everybody.